The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to be here with you today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, can you even imagine living a life of peace every day? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can do it. Listen, we can do it together. You don't even have to be perfect to cultivate a life of peace. All you need is process and perspective. And that's what we do right here every day on the Everyday Peace Show. We bring you the topics and to partner with you as you develop and create your everyday peace. And we're super excited to do it again today with our wonderful guest, Manifest Ra, who has been with us before. He was on last year and he talked about stress and he's here today. And Manifest Ra has a passion for helping people transform their lives. He has consulted for over 20, over 100 companies and addressed thousands of people in talks and seminars. As a keynote speaker, seminar leader, and contractor with leading health insurance companies such as Kaiser Permanente, United Healthcare, Care First, and Cigna, he regularly presents to corporations, associations, colleges, and public audiences on the topics of personal development wellness and mindfulness he has studied researched and trained for over 23 years in the fields of healthy living philosophy and motivation and he joins us today to talk about his organization sage men sage men i love saying that you know it's uh, it sounds comforting sage wisdom and wise <laughs> welcome to the show manifest how are you today I am fabulous on this Mindful Motivational Day, Dr. Drayvon James. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show again, and I'm excited to talk about the Sage Men Movement. I'm excited. You know, I was at one of your events, and I'm still, like, floating on cloud nine from that event. But before we hop into that, give the audience just a little bit more about how you got into this You are really, your whole life is dedicated to helping people have wellness and just improve in every area of their life. How did you get into that trajectory of life? Well, uh, Dr. James, it's uh, it's truly been a a journey of self-discovery and introspection. One of the things that I really credit is uh, my upbringing, Uh, mother and father. I know not everyone has that same story of a two-parent household, my parents instilled certain values, certain virtues within me at a very early age. Uh, healthy eating, even though we weren't vegan, vegetarian, but you know we had 
what's even considered today very healthy nutritional regimens. Uh, I saw my dad work out very early on. That was my first experience with juicing and making smoothies and green drinks. And, and my mother's always been uh, the uh, spiritual um, captain, if you will, the, the uh, emphasizing doing the right things, having the right principles that you live by. Um, even if you're doing the right things, make sure you're doing them for the right reason. And um, uh, so with that level of upbringing, uh, and I always say I chose my parents, uh, I had a strong foundation that uh, continued to expand uh, through, uh, uh, through my maturation process. And so through my self-discovery uh, moments, I've, you know, I've reflected and, and, and it's been very clear to me that this is the work I'm here to do. So even when I went to college, uh, 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 you know, I remember in high school, I had those moments uh, of um, clarity. Uh, I used to, in 12th grade, I used to, about maybe once or twice a month, used to dress up in a suit and, and carry a briefcase, even though I didn't necessarily know what the, where I was going. But... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, and my physics teacher, Indian guy, Dr. Solanke, he just said, you're going to go somewhere, young man. You just need to get beyond the corny jokes and so on and so on. So um, I, I was in Future Business Leaders of America uh, my 12th grade year, which was a, a high school uh, organization dedicated to teaching um, high school students about entrepreneurism and accounting. And, you know, it's very ironic that many years later, I still draw on those principles. So, again, I was introduced to certain ways early on that I have just reflected on and said, this is who I am. This is a part of my makeup. And I have to share this with the world. So um, I'm very excited. To, again, seeing both of my parents uh, fully present gave me uh, the, um, uh, uh, the empower level of empowerment to uh, help both men and women uh, through this stage men work, primarily men, however. Yes. And, you know, it's not missed on me and I'm sure it's not missed on our listening audience that you start off with your foundation. Your, and I love that phrase, parents fully present. And however that looks and feels, you know, we're living in a diverse culture and not everybody has, as you said, a two-parent home in the traditional sense of a two-parent home. But having parents that are fully present in, you know, spiritually and intellectually and invested in the, in the development of the child makes a huge difference. However, as we know, there's a large push of our society that does not have that. And uh, so that foundation is not there. And, and I really love just having set through one of your sage many events my mind was all over as to what this would mean to a world of people no matter where from all diverse backgrounds whether they have a two-parent home in the in the sense of a nuclear family home or whether that's uh in some way a one parent or what have you a grandparent whatever this sageman organization that you've done is just brilliant in the energy behind it tell us about that introduce us introduce us to sagemen for somebody who's never heard of it what's its purpose how did it come to be sure the say the word sage usually uh uh brings um ideas or images of 
an incense of purification, burning sage, uh, for whether it's the housewarming, uh, uh, some type of blessed ceremonial experience, just clearing one's personal space or home space. And so that is a component of the sage men. However, that's the secondary component. Um, the word sage also expresses uh, a divine being, whether that's man or woman, who walks as uh, walks in their divinity with a high level of virtue, honor, principle. Uh, throughout um, history, the sages have always been the most revered people in our community. Uh, the people who had a very high level of wisdom, uh, who are exemplary in terms of um, their posture, uh, their their temperament, and the wisdom that they brought to the communities. And so uh, many of the, the, the people with the highest levels of certain spiritual traditions uh, around the world uh, were considered sages in their time. So when we actually state the sage men, and we didn't want to put it um, singular with sage man because this is truly a movement where we want to uh, touch and inspire as many men around the world to activate and elevate their sacred manhood and divine masculinity. What we're doing is we're having uh, retreats, coaching programs, uh, 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 what else, rites of, 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 of initiations, and uh, um, various other events and monthly seminars, uh, healing circles uh, to help men um, transform their lives. And so and I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the fact that, Dr. James, there, there's so many women's groups out here doing the work. Um, they're having their retreats around the world, whether it's in the islands or Africa or, or Sedona, uh, and they're having their ceremonies, their rights programs, and and, and they're making great strides in their evolutionary process. And so uh, the men have been lagging uh, considerably uh, in that same process. And so we want to bridge that gap. We want to help men be intentional about their growth, where they're not showing up simply because their wife or, uh, or you know, a female friend told them they needed to be there and paid for their, you know, and, and, and subsidize their experience. We want men to understand that in order to truly be fulfilled and happy and empowered on the planet, that they have to be intentional about their healing and transformation process. And so the sageman has seven archetypes uh, uh, for sacred manhood and divine masculinity. And so I want to talk about those a little later on, but we have seven areas where we focus on our personal development so that we're not considered one-dimensional or two-dimensional men, but we're bringing the entirety of who we are in terms of our masculinity uh, to the table and sharing that with the world. So it's a movement to help men activate and elevate the highest aspects of their being so that men will actually be healers, protectors, uh, entrepreneurs, enterprisers, uh, spiritual warriors, uh, and you name it, so that we have a different planet that is much better and harmonious than what we have today. Oh, that's wonderful. And something you hit on, which is really true. When you think of personal development, you think of women typically who are paying for seminars and wanting to go away on retreats. And how did you get men to really be interested in this form of 
personal development to say, yeah, this is something I, I'm interested in taking a weekend and doing the work to personally develop my different aspects of my being. Outside of outside of weightlifting in the gym, you see men there a lot, but just personal development, you really don't think about men taking time out of their busy days to do stuff of that nature. That is a great question. And uh, the answer is, if we have to appeal to um, uh, the um, uh, attributes and the desires within each and every man, uh, each and every man, men, generally speaking, because I am one, we want to be strong. We want to be empowered. Uh, we want to live abundantly. Uh, and so we have to articulate and frame why we need to be intentional about that process in a way that appeals to men. I remember many years ago, I was at an event in Washington, D.C., and it was just one other guy there. He was organizing a, a raw food uh, uh, experience, and it was about 15 women there. So you have these two guys about 15 <laughs> women, <laughs> and the other guy was the one who had been organizing this um, raw food experience. So, you know, they were used to him from beginning to end, and I was the new guy coming in. And basically, they kind of like closed the door, locked the door, and said, we're going to ask you as many questions. You seem like you know what you're doing, and you have a good head on your shoulders, and you have a level of enlightenment. So we just gonna, we, we're trying to figure out what is going on with these men out here in the world because, you know, they said collectively, like, hey, we can't get them to come to an event like this. You know, we're trying to talk to them about, you know, improving their well-being, their health, trying raw food dishes, uh, meditation, and they are not showing up. And I said, well, okay, you know, this is, this is my response to that. You have to appeal to the masculinity within the man. So, you know, let him know, Hey, if, if you're a woman that, you know, the intimacy is going to be much better if he's taking certain herbal tonics, eating certain foods uh, that really help him um, increase his vitality and his vigor uh, really as a man, you know what I mean? He's going to live longer. He's going to be stronger with his ability to lift weights and, 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 and much clearer with his uh, mindset in terms of his abundance and his ability to make money. And, and you have to actually speak that in a soft way. Uh, now, if you just, if you're a woman and you're telling the man, I want you to go here you better go here and I'm tired of you and so forth and so on. You know, most men <laughs> are not going to respond to that, Dr. James. And so, you know, it, it, it may feel good for the woman in the moment, but she's, in many cases, in that scenario, embracing the masculine and the warrior energy. And oftentimes men will just shrink or be dismissive and things of that nature. But, you know, if I'm a man, which I am, and a woman is, is, is coming up behind me with a nice, soft massage, hey, I'm going to cook you you know, your best meal, we're going to take a vacation in the next couple of days. But I really, honey, I need you to actually go to this herbal tonic and nutritional workshop to, to teach men how to improve their vitality and their overall well-being. You know, I'm going to listen to that more, you know, as, as opposed to something that I, I you know, um, perceive to be confrontational. So, um, so to answer your question, there are ways in which we as men we have to articulate the message so other men understand, you know, iron sharpens iron, that this is an assault approach, that you become a much better man when you actually 
expand your masculinity to all of these areas where you can make more money, you are healthier, you have greater uh, uh, capacities in your relationship, better relationships with your children, so forth and so on. And we encourage women to be able to do that in a way that is more comforting and supportive as opposed to confrontational with the men. So there are ways in which we both can help men get to this place of being more intentional. Yeah, I, I like what you said a, a second ago. Women, in some ways, have embraced the warrior role. And of course, mm. this not something that I saw at your event, but it is something, believe it or not, that I have heard women speak about at conferences. And they're concerned about um, having been placed in a position for a number of reasons where they've ta- had to take on a masculine provider type warrior type role and it has become you know at first the shoe it was too small but now it's become a perfect fit and uh so i think it's really high time that we had something that really sort of and i I know it's an unpopular belief but you know we all have roles to play and they're very necessary and without that we get out of balance if we have everybody playing the warrior we, we really get out of balance. And I think that's kind of where we are as a society you, with a lot of the things that we have going on. There is a sense of imbalance there. So an organization that embraces the wisdom of men and, and what they bring to the table is irreplaceable. Uh, there are substitutes, but it's really the genuine, the most organic way of living is to have this order, this balance that exists amongst the amongst the sexes, if you will. So I, I really appreciate that. And you're right, coming at it from a place of uh, hammering it over someone's head, even if, it, even, <laughs> if, even if it was a reverse, to be honest with you, I don't think that personal development would be such a big uh, audience in, for females if men came home and said, you know, there's a personal development course, I think you should take it. <laughs> Right, right. It would be automatically shut down. Never mentioned again. (laughs) (laughs) Women would not. So if we take a dose of our own medicine, because if if it were reversed, I could automatically say to myself, yeah, I'm not going to take that course. But thank you for mentioning. (laughs) <laughs> so there is there is there is a way to do these things properly i i 100 percent agree with that so you're at the, you're at this workshop and you're there's one of two men there which is generally the case when i go to work go to workshops if they're not gender specific there's really not a lot of men there and you decide from that point on that you're going to go in and you're going to do more work with men that was the genesis of it from being there is that, oh, that how you was- decided Absolutely. That was a contributing factor. Uh, and I remember immediately after that, I started organizing, organizing uh, uh, some men uh, gatherings. And I remember uh, one, it was right around Father's Day. And uh, this was probably about seven years ago, eight years ago. And so with that, uh, we had about, I don't know, 20 men. It was from 7 p.m. till about 9 p.m., the original time uh, for the event. And so for the first hour uh, and probably 15 minutes, men were talking in third party. They were talking about conspiracy politics. Nobody wanted to actually really be a bit transparent and quote unquote vulnerable and show, hey, listen, man, I got some issues. I need some help. Everybody wanted to come off as if it were almost like the big shot, you know, and just talking from a place of 
well, you know, I probably don't really need this. I just want to come here and tell everybody what's going on, you know, in the world. And so after really sizing this up, I went in and I said, listen, let's get beyond the nonsense here. A lot of us are here are going through some things. We're hurting. Uh, we need some help. And I went in about my relationship with my dad. It's been good, you know, good relationship, but that he was a Vietnam veteran and he, you know, as a result of his PTSD, uh, some, you know, some things have been shared, um, experienced in the family that have been very hurtful and damaging. And he's here with me today, tonight. And, you know, um, I just want to let him know I love him. But at the same time, it's been very hurtful the way some of the ways he's been showing up. And I went in and every man in there then got a clue on like, okay, let's move beyond the third person and let's start sharing. Do you realize, uh, Drayvon, an event was supposed to end at 9 p.m. We were going on 12 o'clock and we were still, most of us were still there. <laughs> wow. Once men started opening up, it was like, you know, everybody got into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm working through. My dad's, you know, mom, so forth and so on. This is what I went through with a young person. So it takes men a much longer period, but when we start to open up, um, there really can be some healing. And that was just one of the events. There was a, several other events that uh, also were catalysts for uh, the stageman. There was, a, there was a, a, an event 2013 that was uh, geared towards um, um, honoring, protecting, and healing women during the summer solstice, which is the most masculine, considered the most masculine time of the year, the most daylight. And I have a nonprofit called Heal Humanity, and we were trying to figure out a theme for that particular month in June. And so getting quiet, that came to me. And it was about 20 women, 15 men. And as the men, we got together, did some qigong, some meditation, uh, mindfulness, warrior exercises to help the women heal. And the women, and one of the um, the women in the community who works with a lot of womb healing work, she gathered the women together so that they would be able to receive the healing, the energy work that the men were going to be doing, the the um, meditation and, and and laying on of hands and things of that nature. And so, when we came back together, you're talking about powerful Drayvon. There were women in the circle who said they've never experienced men in that capacity who were there. Um, only for the healing of the women of the women who didn't have any ulterior motive, and you know a lot of women were ha having emotional releases. That was in 2013, and both the women and the men said this can't be a one night stand. We need more of this in our communities. And so shortly after that, that's when I, in a more formal capacity, began organizing the sagement. So it was born out of a desire for men to be the best version of themselves and also help women heal and be the best version of themselves because too often throughout history, men have been, um, um, uh, have a, a, you know, oppressed, subjugated, uh, been very um, 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 brutal, uh, if you will, and abusive to the feminine energy on the planet. So that's a major part of the stage, men, is having men heal themselves and then allow that cup to run up over where they also can be a healing um, um, uh, energy uh, for women. And it all starts with this inability, what I'm hearing and what I've seen is that men are not as comfortable, not that women are totally comfortable with it either, but with the vulnerability piece. So when you opened up and shared about your dad, saying it's a way of saying 
here is this is going to be a comfortable and safe place to be vulnerable because that is at, at, that's to me what I see is the major block to effective communication is people are fear vulnerability because they fear uh, pain hurt rejection and judgment so when you got past that vulnerability piece it's going to be we're going to need to get past sports past politics all those things are wonderful uh, past money in order to get to the true self and to get to healing and I know that that right there not just with men women too when we can get past that exterior that rough shell that says I don't want you to pierce this shell because I don't want to be vulnerable in this place then we can really start getting some effective results you know that's just not plastic Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, women, as you know, Dr. Dr. Drayvon, they have so many of these healing circles where they come together, uh, you know, throughout the month to um, talk about, I mean, discuss, vent, get this up up and out um, that they've been holding on to. Uh, Men, um, too often we just hold on to it and self-medicate. We don't even self-meditate. We just self-medicate and or dump dump the um, traumas and dramas on somebody else uh, closest to us. So uh, we want to change that narrative where it's not just okay for men uh, to do the inner work and the healing uh, amongst other men, but this becomes um, um, the thing to do, uh, if you will. This is, this is the, the primary way in which men are showing up in their communities on the planet. So I'm excited about uh, ensuring that, that that happens any way possible that I can. Yeah, we're going to be going to a break in just a moment, but I I love the um, seven archetypes that you that you went through, and how it was beneficial for men. I know it was beneficial for men, and as I sat there, I said this is for men. But those archetypes really everybody i felt like i'm benefiting from sitting here and getting some of this and we don't have time to go we're going to go to a break in just a moment but just let's mention the first one before we head to this break sure it's visionary you know everything starts with a vision uh every man must have a vision so the visionary archetype is that faculty within the man that says i know who i am i know my strengths i know my weaknesses and I have an understanding or I'm seeking an understanding of why I am here. Every being, man and woman, right. has a reason so for being. So we're, we're going to a break right now. When we come back, we're going to start on seven archetypes. Vision. Vision. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with vision. After this break, more after this. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. And our wonderful guest today is Manifest Ra. And he is speaking on his organization, Sage Men, a wonderful organization. And we're talking about the seven archetypes. 
that they go over in the Sageman organization. We opened up with talking about, go ahead. Visionary. Visionary. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, there's seven uh, areas of sacred manhood and divine masculinity, seven archetypes in the Sageman program. And uh, that came about just through some introspection, some meditation and prayer. Uh, well, I, I really uh, affirmed that that information was downloaded uh, to me uh, by my ancestors. And so um, seven areas of sacred manhood and divine masculinity. And the reason it's seven, uh, uh, Drayvon, is that uh, too often men are showing up in a one-dimensional, two-dimensional, maybe three-dimensional way uh, on the planet. So, if, for example, one-dimensional man says, hey, I bring home the money, I'm paying the bills, just leave me alone, I don't need to talk to you, um, family members or his, or his wife, lay friend. And, you know, that has happened too often where men feel like since they're the enterpriser, they're providing the, you know, they're, they're bringing a provider role, that hands off, leave me alone, that should be sufficient. Uh, then you have some men who see themselves primarily as a protector um, and maybe even the protector and the enterpriser. And, 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 you know, again, being able to fulfill a role, a particular archetype is great, but that is com- very uh, um, um, deficient in terms of what is needed on the planet from men today. And so in ancient times, or even in our grandparents and great-grandparents' times, you know, men were naturally in the provider role because in many cases, and I know you, some, you experience this with your family, um, women were having 10 children on a regular basis. You know what I mean? It's quite common for women to have seven, eight, 10 children. And so in, in that paradigm, women had to be at home to raise the children. Uh, men had to go out and um, um, be the enterpriser, whether it was a fisherman, uh, whether it was a preacher, uh, you know, minister, all, all those kinds of things, working factory. So now we're living in a time where things are much more equal, uh, uh, Dr. James, where women are making just as much, if not more, than men. And so, they, yeah, they, they're still having children, but they're going out, you know, right back into the workplace. So what was given to men, uh, from a natural standpoint, uh, by way of the paradigm in which our grandparents and great grandparents existed in, you know, it was it was it was nat- it was natural for a man to wear the provider and the protector role because women were automatically in the nurturing role because of the amount of children they were having. That is not the case today. So men have to shift and be intentional about. Um, learning how to be the protector, learning how to be the provider, but also the visionary. Every man must have a vision. First and foremost, what's my strengths? What my weaknesses? Why am I here? Uh, what do I want to do with my life? And from a, a macro standpoint, from a, a micro standpoint, you know, Dr. James, that there are times where you all want to go on dates and say, hey, it's Monday night. Let's go get something to eat, honey. And, and where do you want to go? And, and what do the men say most of the time? Well, Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. <laughs> exactly. So we don't, in too many cases, we don't even have a plan on the micro level. We can't even actually come up with something like where we're going to dinner, you know, a, a nightly activity. And so most of the all the women I've spoken to about that are extremely frustrated. Like, yeah, why do I have to go to work, 
then come home and decide what we're going to do in terms of the activity. So men today are not collectively really cultivating their visionary, you know, whether it's on a macro level, a big picture level with uh, medium and, and long term goals or on a micro level in how they're showing up day to day. That has to change. That's something that we really emphasize in the stage, man. The second archetype is the warrior. And when we talk about the spiritual warrior, the peaceful warrior, we're not talking about the person that goes out and makes wars in this community. Uh, however, we do include some martial arts to protect ourselves and protect our family members and things of that nature. So the warrior we're talking about is being able to identify, uh, man, identify his weaknesses, his fears, and to then to be able to engage those aspects of his, li- of his life so that he can transcend his fear. He's not living in fear. He's actually uh, cultivating a sense of confidence, uh, courage to wherever the fear and the insecurity and the trepidation is showing up in his life, he can transcend that to be the best version of himself. So it's an internal warrior as well as an external warrior. And then the enterprise. I want to just stop right there at warrior for one second, because I think that is so very misunderstood a lot of times, this warrior uh, concept. And like I said, it's mentioned a lot in in female uh, organizations, too. But the spiritual warrior part, people know how to how to defend the physical body. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, we people know how to defend themselves with their with their tongue when they feel like they're being taken advantage of and you know we as women like I said we talk about that in the retreats that I've been on have taken on a lot of that mouthiness and it just being defending ourselves defending our children defending our family but this spiritual warriorship being taking taking a leadership role in that just that is so very important uh yeah, that could be that. number one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because if you can do that, if you can, I, I would submit that if you could do that, if you could be a spiritual warrior, if, if you master that, I bet you everything else would fall into place. Absolutely. Your vision is clear. Absolutely. And then, you know what, we even have visions a lot of times, but we don't have the warrior archetype fully online. So how many people know what they're here to do, uh, but they're thinking so small, there's so much fear that they are not able to manifest and accomplish what it is that they already know what they're here to do. You know what I mean? Because they're looking and saying, okay, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. What are people going to think? Or, you know, is this going to be successful? I'm going to be a failure. Uh, All those kinds of things. So there's a lot of people around you um, that you're probably aware of who know what they're here to do, but they are stuck in first gear when they really need to be in fifth gear and taking off. So uh, you're absolutely right. Um, You know, a a lot of folks know, have some level of clarity on what they're here to do. uh, But so many people, I, I think it's when you go to any personal development seminar, they say, okay, everybody here is showing up because you know, you have a big, a reason for being on the planet. But let's look at the numbers. Only 3% of people who are going to show up today are going to act on this information. Let's think about that. When they tell you that in a personal development conference or seminar, that means over 90% of the people who are listening are going to go, they're going to hear the information and they're going to go right back home and stay in fear. And they're not going to do what they know that they're called to do. So um, in terms of our communities, 
uh, we, we're talking about men, you know, there's a lot of men who know they need to improve the relationship with their parents or with their children. They might have some fear and trepidation around what does this look like? Am I going to get rejected by my child that I haven't seen in three years? Well, you know, even if you initially get rejected, know that if you keep coming in love and you keep coming back and you keep coming back, that that child's energy would transform and know that you're there for the long haul and they will open up eventually. So, you know, we're, we're very passionate about getting men to engage, face their fears, their biggest insecurities, and then moving in that same direction with a skill set to overcome that. So absolutely, Doc, that is a very important part in how men and women should show up. I love that. I, you just said so much, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's go to... Um number three, but that warrior piece, I hope that the whole listening audience is just uh, energized by that concept. Oh, no, absolutely. Is your show jumping at any time? And that was a great point. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. That is, uh, that's critical in today's world. We need people who are willing to step into their greatness. Uh, we turn on the news a lot of times, Doc, you know, we hear people are pessimistic. They're seeing all the quote unquote, what's wrong with the world. And I maintain that, you know, Everything and everyone is already on the planet to bring about the, the, the healing and the transformation of humanity and the planet. Um, too many people here are not fully activated and, and living in what it is that they're called to do. So all of the bad stuff, quote unquote, seems to proliferate. And all we need is the full activation an elevation of those folks who are, who are already clear on what they're supposed to do. So I'm um, very excited about that. Then the third archetype is the enterpriser. That's the man that lives in abundance. And when we talk about abundance and prosperity, we're talking about his highest potential. You know, if he's a culinary artist and a chef, well, he has to take an abundance approach to that, saying, I'm going to be the absolute best. I'm going to look for some entrepreneurial um, avenues in which I can feed my family. Uh, I can make great strides, you know, getting men to open up about real estate and, 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 and various different ventures um, that they can potentially uh, uh, include in their lives. So we're talking about a world in which oftentimes women make just as much, if not more than men. And so for men, and I've seen this firsthand, family members and other folks, guys, you know, a, a lot of men are having challenges with that, Doc. They're looking and saying, I'm supposed to be the provider I like getting the place where the woman makes more than me. And so we want to change that narrative and move beyond who's making more and just simply say, as men, we have to be the most abundant that we can possibly be. You know what I mean? And so wherever I am, kind of like Booker T. Washington, put down my, my bucket and be the best version of myself. Even if I have to go out and get a network marketing um, 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 business on the side to augment my income and have to look at real estate um, in, in, in other areas of, of augmenting my income, then let's do that. You know, whatever's necessary, but men need to live abundantly understanding that, you know, wherever they are in their, in, in their marriage, in their relationships, in their personal lives, they can do more. They can bring more to the table. And we're teaching men about real estate, home ownership, um, prosperity, mindset. We had a 40-day plan in the um in the program where we taught men how to affirm through mental um, and, and, and affirmation strategies first thing in the morning, how to be the best version of themselves. So uh, the fourth archetype real quick is the healer. Every man should have basic understandings of which foods 
which herbal tonics, which exercises, breathing exercises, stress reduction activities to actually heal himself and then also be a vessel for healing for uh, his family members and others in the community. So we have breath, uh, breathing exercise. We have Tai Chi and Qigong. We have yoga. We have nutritional regimens, herbal regimens that we teach men how to live healthy and then share that with others around and family members and people in the community. The fifth uh, archetype is the tantric. That's that aspect. We hear the word tantric. We talk. We oftentimes we think of intimacy, uh, and really at the core of, of tantra is really loving yourself. Dog. It's, it's not even about somebody else. It's about saying, okay, how do I love myself more and show up in the world as that vessel of self love, and then let that cup run up over. And so I need to identify where am I feeling unworthy? Where am I feeling lack? Where am I feeling I'm not good enough? What experiences have I had in my life that actually prevent me from being the best vessel of love with how I'm showing up in my relationships with others? And so with that, we help with men with strategies uh, around facing certain fears and, and issues uh, and also teaching them uh, techniques on how to incorporate more vitality uh, for intimacy so that they can be a better version of themselves uh, with their partners, with their loved ones, uh, you know, with, with a man's wife, if you will, so that, um, you know, the relationships are far more enriching um, than oftentimes what they are right now. Now, the sixth archetype is the pillar. Every man is potentially a pillar. When we talk about a pillar, Doc, we're talking about the stone, the cornerstone that holds up the house. And so every man must provide leadership uh, within himself and his family, his relationship. He also must be solid in terms of his intestinal fortitude. What are some of the strategies? Uh, one of the brothers uh, uh, and the leaders in the stageman has six children, happily married. And in today's world, going on 2020, that is very rare, Doc. And, you know, I know you can attest to that where you have men who have six children and they're all under one house. You know what I mean? So, you know, this, this, <laughs> this brother was... You know, it is very strong in his ability to convey how do you bring fatherhood uh, to the table in the most pronounced way uh, in modern times. And that's something we want all men to understand, even if you're not willing, even if you're not living with your children. How can you be the strongest force in their lives, in addition to the mother, of course, wherever they are on the planet? And if you have, um, uh, you know, family within yourself, wife and, and significant other and children, how do you show up in a day-to-day -day basis to strengthen yourself so that you can help the family withstand and transcend whatever circumstances they're going through? And then the seventh and final archetype is the mystic. This is the spiritual aspect of the man that is his divine, his God self. What are these spiritual principles, whether it's law of cause and effect, uh, whether it is the law of attraction, whether it is uh, men um, embracing certain affirmations and mantras and visualizations uh, to attain higher levels of wisdom, spiritual development, uh, things of that nature. We have strategies to help men grow spiritually uh, in ways in which um, they need great improvement. Because in today's world, that is a major issue, you know, where there's so many women who are growing spiritually and they 
feel, I've talked to many women, that they can't have the most basic conversations on spirituality with men a lot of times because men are too focused on sports, football, you know, the, the more uh, menial aspects of life, and they can't go there in a very ascendant manner. And so we want to change that narrative where men learn the strategies to live in their highest spiritual possibilities and that they are then sharing that with the women and the, and the children and their community members. So the way I see it, Doc, when men are showing up in all seven of those areas, he's showing up as God, you know what I mean, in the masculine form. And so that's what we're excited about is men actually being the best and highest version of themselves on the planet. And that is a movement that is very much needed. So I'm excited about this. I can go all day and night, as you can feel, and this is exactly what the planet needs. It is what the planet needs. And and this is from a woman's perspective, 100%, because I am so connected to everything that you just said here. But in my mind, as you were talking, I could feel that it would, based on my interactions as a woman with a lot of men, it would be difficult to sell them on the fact that they are deficient in these seven area areas. You know, it's got to be some type of something to your approach that says, hey, let's gather. And I can think of a few organizations, men's organizations that were really, really popular some years ago. I don't hear that much about them anymore, but I know that a lot of them were really, they may not have worded it exactly the way you've worded it here, but they were working on these these principles here and really working to develop them in men. As a woman, as an outsider, it seems that a lot of men would be, well, you know, I don't need any help with vision. <laughs> I don't need any <laughs> a number, number of these, a number of these essential things that are here. But I applaud you for being able to break through that. And, and again, I know you have a special inside track being a man, but just being able to get past what I call the barbershop uh, conversation to have really deep conversations about vision. Like, are you a visionary in your relationship? And I wanted to share something with you that I was had this conversation years ago at a dinner party uh, that you gave as an example about men not even having a idea on what we're going to do uh, let's just say it's a date night on Friday nights. And one of the men at that party said, well, he goes, well, I have an idea. He said, but most of my ideas are shot down. So I just don't, I, I don't present any ideas. <laughs> I, just, I just go along to get along. So I think um, reversing that process, because it's also true with women, you know, a lot of their ideas are shot down, but I guess we're just so persistent by nature. <laughs> we just get back in there with another idea. But I think, um, just being able to, I, I'm just in awe of it. I actually sat through it, uh, was there, listened to the men talk about their experience. And what, one thing that I was surprised about, I got to tell you, is that I was surprised to hear so many men say that they didn't have strong relationships. Uh, that they, and I, I don't know if it was you or some, one of the other men talked about that. And it's something that really is not missing with women. You know, we generally do come through this journey with one or two strong relationships that is a go-to because we are taught how to communicate on a soul level as little girls, you know, how to express our pain and, 
and all of that and how to be vulnerable in, in certain areas. But I was surprised to hear that a lot of guys, even though they may have friends that they go to sporting events with, do not have friends that they share their heart and soul with. You know, that's, you hit you, 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 um, I mean, very adequately said. Um, men, we have been conditioned to not speak on what is hurting us. Uh, if you will. And we do speak on it, you know, we do it over recreational activities, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, drinking a beer, watching a football game. I remember looking at a link on Facebook about two months ago where women were asking where the men in the healing retreats. And one of the women said, well, hey, check out Manifest Raw and the Sage Men. Some of the, most of the other men, if not all of the men who were responding to that post said, well, we have barbershop talk. We go to, uh, um, you know, sporting events, and we talk over, we talk over, you know, something, throwing something on the grill. But the bar was so low, Doc, in terms of what I was hearing, it was just astonishing. And so, you know, what we are doing is raising the bar. We're, we're saying, listen, this is manliness right here. This is man's sacred manhood. Being able to actually connect with another man, iron sharpens iron, and say, listen, man, I need some help. You know what I mean? I'm working through this. I just need you to actually listen and then provide some wise counsel or some insight, so forth and so on. And so um, you have to articulate that in a way where men understand it. You know, there's a very common phrase called iron shopping's iron. For most men, that's going to resonate from a place of strength. Yeah, I can talk to you because I know I'm going to get some strong talk in return. You know what I mean? So it doesn't come off wishy-washy, you know, you know, teary-eyed, that kind of thing, even though it might get to that point during the sharing and the conversation. And so one of the other areas that's very important is really emphasizing with men that you have to be a complete man. Being one-dimensional is not in your best interest. You might not even be able to keep your lady or your wife if you're one-dimensional with a mindset that you're bringing home, the, you know, quote-unquote, the bacon, the finances, and then you're stepping back. You know what I mean? That's not going to cut it today. You have to have a vision. It's in your best interest to be as prosperous and abundant as possible to enhance your tantric faculty so that you can actually be better in the bedroom as well as the boardroom. So, you know, it has to be articulated. And when it comes from men who have that same clarity and that confidence and who are working in those same areas, other men can respect that. So, yeah, I found, you know, through my own trial and errors, what actually works with getting men to understand that this is something that we need. Yeah, and, and and it's 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 so necessary. It is so very necessary as we go into this next. As we head into twenty twenty, I think this is I'm I'm doing this program in twenty twenty called uh, Visionary Division Clear Vision and Sage Men. You're it's the first pr pillar of the first archetype being vision and vulnerability falls into that place when I hear vision I hear I think of vulnerability because a lot of times we don't we pretend not to see or not to be seen because it makes us more vulnerable so you're right in the right place at the right time doing the right work for what we need as a nation for healing when we when the men heal families heal so I applaud you so very much for the work that you're doing and that will lead us into the prosperous new year that we're that we're heading into and speaking of newness, we're going into a new year. What, what are some things that you have coming up uh, for Manifest Raw, for Sage Men, for the many other organizations, components of your organizations that you run? 
Okay, great. Uh, with the Sagemen in particular, uh, we have a number of activities around um, the new moon and the full moon, very auspicious and important times of the month. Every day is important. However, those are windows of opportunity to actually be more intentional. When we talk about the new moon, we talk about seed planting from an agricultural standpoint, but from a metaphysical, mental, and spiritual standpoint, it's about getting clarity and planting the seeds for what you want to accomplish for the next 28 days. And so the full moon is about really being fully activated in those seeds that are planted. So that being said, we have activities for men in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area around the new moon and the full moon coming up. We're also going to be have virtual calls and webinars for men around the world, whether you're in L.A., New York, Miami, Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, wherever you are, you can join us to learn about some of these sacred manhood and divine masculinity principles and strategies. And, and then we're also planning, we're going to have a, um, uh, more likely a, a, a men's healing one day retreat. Uh, we had one last year, last December, that was very uh, um, um, popular and, and, and great things came from that. Men were very excited about going back into their homes and their communities and taking the strategies and principles. So we're looking to do that again in December. So we'll have great clarity of what we need to do uh, in 2020. You know, when we talk about 2020, oftentimes we speak of hindsight. Uh, but, you know, now it's an opportunity for having the insight and foresight to say, hey, this is what I need to be intentional about to make the, to, to close out 2019 in the most empowered way and to make sure I manifest my greatness uh, in 2020. So, you know, with the, whether it's retreats or whether it's um, in-person activities and virtual webinars and activities, we have a number of things coming up for the men. We're even going to include uh, some mental health counselors to help men with their specific issues that they might be oh, dealing with with family relationships. Mm -hmm. I, hear, I hear the song coming on, and we we could go on forever. We, it's never enough time when Manifest Raw comes on the show. I want to thank you for being here, Manifest. Sageman is where it's at. Google the title. Find out where he's going to be next. Until next Monday, I wish you a life of everyday peace. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.